All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders and interesting projects and startups, and we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders, and let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Daniel Shine, who is a, one of the creators of Agnoris. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, man. Great to be here. Uh, we're good. We're good. Adjusting to a new reality. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Doing the same. Just, uh, just you know, talking to a lot of people on the podcast, do, doing what I'm doing for work. Luckily, my, like, luckily, overall, things are, things are, you know, I haven't gotten hit too poorly, which is, which is good. I'm very grateful um, for that, which is, which is, um, yeah, which is good, but doing the best I can. Um, I'm looking forward to learning more about what you're working on. When I first, you know, came across it, I was just fascinated. I've never seen anything in this category before. So can you just start with what you're working on with Agnoris? Sure. So basically at Ignorus, what we do is we plug into restaurants, point of sale system, reservation systems, labor systems, social media, basically anything that's digital. And we run a lot of AI machine learning algorithms and look at their business from thousands of different angles and run thousands of simulations every day. And when we do that, basically we can pick up on everything that's they're doing right everything that's suddenly not working so well on a very granular level, like all the way down to, oh, you're not making as much money on the DoorDash on the weekends. Oh, your bartender's sales on the Thursday night are not as effective um, and kind of cover all their blind spots. And turns out that same technology also helps us to reach out to them and tell them, here, here are things that you can do in your business that are going to improve your bottom line. Here's a price change you can make. Here's what you should actually be selling on delivery. And, and here's where your labor efficiency is kind of off and what you can do about it. So you're, would you say like you're almost um, like an, in a way analytics for, for restaurants and to help them understand what's working, what's not, and how they can improve just like a software company? Yeah, we used to like to make the reference that we're kind of like a mixed panel for restaurants, but the biggest difference that we learned along the way, because um, there are other ways to do analytics for restaurants, but the biggest difference and the biggest pain that we have found out that we can solve is the automated part of those analytics. So it's not just about giving you a tool to run those analytics, it's about being able to run those analytics automatically for you and picking up things that you wouldn't even necessarily think about. So that has actually ended up being the biggest differentiator for us. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I want to get down to like a basic level just because I don't know this space too well. So let's say like I have a website, right? Um, and I have Mixpanel on it or something like that. And I'm tracking events, right? I'm tracking, tracking clicks, signups. I'm tracking conversion, you know, all, all these things that typical companies track. What are some of the events that you track with restaurants 
can you just kind of break down how you analyze the performance and just if you can maybe like compare it to like like equivalent terms and mixed panel? I'm just curious, like what are the metrics for restaurants that they should care about? Great. So that's a great question. And, and it actually has two parts that I answer. There's what they look at today and there is what we think that they should care about and, and that we see as having an impact. And what you see restaurants typically track a lot is sales, right? How much you're selling, usually broken down by times of day, days of week, meal periods, um, and, and now also different channels, right? What's usually called revenue centers, uh, how much you're selling at the bar, how much you're selling in the dining room, how much you're selling on DoorDash, on Uber Eats, etc. Um, on top of that, and, and the sales information is very transactional, right? So you can go all the way down to Matt was sat at, with, at a table with two people at 7.30 p.m. for an hour and a half. They ordered, you know, two beers. They ordered a hamburger and a dessert. Like, so very transactional information. Uh, they paid with cash. They paid with credit card. These are the cards they used. This is how much tip they left. This was their, uh, the person who served them. And complementary to that, you have, uh, so you measure the sales side, you measure the customer side, how many people came in, a little bit of behavior around them. And you also measure things from the, so that's kind of like the, the consume side. And then you also measure, because you're a service business essentially, what it effectively took you to deliver that service. So you measure what you, um, how much your food costed uh, was there, like how much you're spending on different food components, how much that's affecting your inventory, how much labor hours and labor costs that's costing you as well. So you kind of measure these things and try to get very clever on how those indicate the health of your business. So ideally you look at things like health, like um, labor efficiency, which means how many dollars am I spending per hour and how many sales am I getting in those same hours, right? And the thing with restaurants is, so that's like traditionally how it's usually looked at today. And what's gotten trickier over time is the granularity of that data makes a lot of difference, right? So a weekend at the bar behaves totally different than a Monday or Tuesday. And this is something that's like unique and fascinating to the restaurant industry for me. It, unlike web where, you know, most e-commerce channels, there's obviously customizations and granularity, but you can create like this sort of stream. In restaurants, you have both granularities of day, time of day, day of week, week of year, right? There's seasonality, the behaviors, trends in winter and trends in summer are very, very different as well. So there's a lot of granularity that makes almost any day very, very different from any other day within the year. And that makes a challenge of understanding what are the true patterns behind things a lot more complicated and how they affect your business. So kind of the way we see it is the transition that's going on in the industry today is we're moving away from just measuring basic stuff like how much did I sell this week, which is a customary sort of metric the restaurants used to look at week over week, to getting very, very granular and understanding what do my bar sales mean how are they doing when John's at the bar, when Jennifer's at the bar? How are they doing on uh, when their Super Bowl is on? Like really being more granular and reactive and like more predictive as opposed to being reactive. So the way we like to look at it, if you think of the comparing to like mixed panel on the web, we used to just measure page visits, right? How many page visits do you have? What's your bounce rate? That's all we used to measure. Now we know that to make the web really work, to make our products better for our customers, we have to measure 
conversion rates, funnel drop-offs, you know, a lifetime value of every customer. So we've adapted these behaviors for the web and what we're working on is bringing those abilities into the restaurant industry. Is, is there a, um, an industry here, like a like software for restaurants, like beyond obviously at this point of sale, you know, options, obviously, but this fascinates me because you're almost, you're, you're helping, in my opinion, restaurant owners, um, you know, think like so almost like software owners and, and think about metrics and KPIs like they maybe wouldn't have before. Um, I actually am interested to go back and ask, like, you know, what prompted you to want to build this? Um, was there a trigger event that, made, that interested you or kind of what's the origin story? Uh, so, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong foodie. Um, the food has always been a very big part of my life. I was actually born in a hospital in New York. And before taking me home, my parents took me to a restaurant as a two-day-old infant. So restaurants have always been a, a sort of big part of my life. Um, professionally, I've always been, you know, an engineer, um, mostly software developer. Uh, but sort of randomness of life or call it fate, call it karma, I found myself on a path to opening my own restaurant in New York. Uh, so it's actually going to be in a couple of weeks, going to be four years since that, uh, since the, since opening our restaurant, Noor, uh, next to Union Square. And it was kind of the more like pulling the curtain back, learning how the sausage is made sort of process from getting into the industry, meeting amazing people. Like really, I just fell in love with how the hospitality industry is filled with some of the best people I've ever met. And just kind of seeing how hard they have to work and how little they get back for it and how many hurdles are in their way and these total lack of tools compared to like this total cognitive dissonance of coming from the tech world and having amazing tools and a tool mindset to this industry that's working really, really hard just to get day by day. Um, and that was like the trigger that we just decided like we wanted to build tools for these amazing people in this amazing industry. And it was a process. It's uh, to your, you know, to your other question about software, there, there's a lot of software in this industry. It's, uh, but it's very fragmented. It's, it's an industry was so, so ripe for disruption that what happened for us was normally startups are, I, I feel a problem, I want to bring it a solution. A lot of times it's, we have made some technological breakthrough, let's find the best problem it solves. For us, it was more like, there are 50,000 problems to solve here, which one do we tackle? And, uh, and that was kind of our process and also what you see in the market. Point of sales are obviously the big ones um, and sort of mandatory, but you, know, you have everything from social media managers, reservation systems, CRMs, you have inventory systems and labor systems and loyalty card systems. And, and like even just delivery services, there are dozens of companies that do either delivery apps or delivery logistics or just the delivery uh, captured restaurant websites. It's, it's a very diverse ecosystem, but because the market is so fragmented there and technology adoption has only really started picking up in the last few years that you still don't have a lot of household names like, you know, like, uh, you know, some of them are popping up now, like Toast and obviously the delivery app companies as well. But uh, yeah, it's actually pretty exciting. It's a pretty exciting uh, Wild West still. It's one of the reasons we love it. I'm actually interested. I, I, I don't normally ask this question, but I, I think this is unique. Do you have any uh, predictions on just like the future of the restaurant industry as a whole? I, I, I honestly like, 
like I think about a lot of industries, but restaurants are one that I don't spend as much like mental time on because I just like I'm not as involved. Um, so I had no idea. I'm wondering if you have any predictions for what the restaurant industry will look like in a decade or two, or even five years out, if you have any guesses. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And that's something we try to deal with a lot because we, uh, our mindset, my co-founder and I, um, we're very much like skate to where the puck is going kind of guys. Um, so, you know, less like, let's just solve me today's problem. I think the biggest shift and interestingly, everything that's going on with COVID uh, has kind of accelerated is moving to a much more data oriented operations, right? I think that's going to be the biggest shift that we're going to see. Restaurants traditionally relied very little on data um, just because it was very, very difficult. They always were a numbers and financial industry, but it's very, very difficult to really make the most, not just getting the right data, but also implementing it in practice, right? Changing your menu, tracking if it's working, using different marketing channels. A lot of these things are just not available to restaurants and they're starting to become more available now. And I think the biggest thing that we're going to see is a restaurants have no choice now, but to get much more operationally efficient. Um, there's just restaurants were a difficult and low profit margin industry already now after COVID and sort of recession economics that are heading our way, you're just not going to survive if you don't know how to run a tight ship. And to do that in the ever complex world of the restaurants, you have to be much more sophisticated in how you roll. And that's kind of the brands that we see kind of popping up now that are gaining strength other than, you know, the behemoths, but brands like Sweet Greens and Shake Shack who are so adaptive of technology that they're the ones who are surviving pretty okay given the circumstances, right? And that we're doing very well beforehand and I think are going to be like the vanguards of, of this next generation. And the other interesting thing that's going to happen is I think this is going to enable us to be also much more customized and tailored. So essentially the same transition the web sort of went through, if you think of where the web was in the year 2000 to where it is today, you're going to see the same thing. And, and we're already seeing signs of that where McDonald's bought a company called Dynamic Yield, which helps do live optimizations, uh, live customizations for on a per individual basis. And, and they bought them for $300 million. That's a heavy statement from McDonald's, right? That's kind of planting the flag and going, we know it's going to be important to tailor our products and our operations as much as possible to the customer. So I think that's going to be like the biggest shift that we're going to see over the next, you know, five, 10 years. Um, not clear if COVID moves us faster or slower just because of how the economics are going to play out. But the need for that has been never been clearer than it is right now. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, and it's interesting about, you know, the McDonald's acquisition and whatnot. It's, it's, it's all interesting stuff. It's cool to hear. So, you, you, you've you been mentioning a little bit, and as everyone knows, because they're listening to this right now, what's going on in the world with uh, with, with COVID-19, and it's rocking a lot of industries, um, you know, and, you know, including including some restaurants, or if most, if not most restaurants. And I'm curious, like we were talking about before, uh, before we started recording, you know, as a startup founder, you spend a lot of time, you know, talking to your, to your customers, and in your case, you could even go to the actual restaurants. But I'd love to hear, like, how has all of this, what's going on, changed your day to day? And just what are the things have you been noticing in the industry, um, you know, with what's going on with COVID-19? Yeah, so, you know, COVID-19 has really hit the restaurant industry very, very hard. And it's been, you know, very, very painful to watch. 
a lot of our, you know, friends and people we admire just struggle, who, who went from this wonderful place and of, of building and, and delivering for, you know, happiness and great experience and food to really just not even sure if they're ever going to be able to reopen. Uh, the biggest shift for, I mean, for us, we, we were kind of hitting our stride before COVID-19. We were just wrapping up Y Combinator. We'd had, we, we funneled down our product to, to a great value add. People were connecting. We were onboarding great brands and customers. And really it was all about, because we were kind of ahead of the curve, it was about going out, like for us, it was just being out there and talking to as many people as possible and they're either on board with you and they get it and they want to get on board and and some of them are not there yet and those are also just as satisfying your conversations because you feel like you get to inspire this industry a lot so we were out a lot we were out and i was at a conference in vegas right before most of the shutdowns happened and just connecting with with restaurants with brands with the influencers in the industry it's such a thriving the thing about the restaurant industry is it is an enormously thriving community. You have everyone from owners and operators and general managers and wait staff and cooks and chefs. And so many people are in this industry. They're, most of them are not in it to become billionaires, right? They're, they're not, I don't think there are any food billionaires maybe except McDonald's, but uh, they're in it because they have a huge passion for it. And, and that's what we were spending most of our time with because you know that's, that's where we come from as well. And just having as many of those conversations, inspiring them, getting inspired by them, and getting them on board the product and, and getting it better. As soon as COVID-19 hit, the first thing that we kind of understood was people were just not even sure what is going to happen tomorrow morning. Like, can I even open my restaurant? What am I allowed to do? The first thing that was important for us was to kind of understand where we were in that and to be mindful. Because I think, you know, none of us likes... When there's disruption in our lives, the last thing we want is people adding layers to that disruption. So going out and having these inspirational talks or sales pitches is the last thing you want to talk about when you don't know if you can pay your rent in two weeks. Right? So the first thing we actually did was we kind of stepped back from everything for a couple of weeks and, and kind of also just observed the industry and talked to our friends in the industry and, and just kept very close touch, kind of understanding what's going on and understanding is there anything that we can really do that can help right now? Because if you can't help right now, you have to let some things sort of play out, right? Like, you know, we were waiting for the CARES Act, what loans restaurants are going to have. We were waiting a big hypothesis like, oh, the whole world country is going to move to delivery. So we're like, oh, great. Our delivery features can help out a lot of businesses. And then, but we kind of held out because we didn't want to get ahead of ourselves. And we found out that delivery was actually not working for many, many restaurants. So we kind of had to wait, play it out and just be really reaching out mostly to restaurants and, and groups, especially people that we know. And just like, how can we help? What's going on? What would be the one thing that, that would make your life easier? And just trying to understand, you know, on one hand, being respectful of your, their time and not salesy, not pitchy. We, we very quickly made the decision of we're not going to charge anyone for at least for the next six months, anything, because we, we want them to succeed. We're in this for the long haul. We want them to succeed. Eventually we extended that to, I like just, we're not going to charge anyone anything for 2020. And, and slowly just as the market sort of wakes up and there's a lot more community kind of because everyone's stuck at home, people are getting on Slack channels. People are kind of a bit more communicative, some zoom conversations, 
So an industry that was typically always very, very busy suddenly has a little bit more time to communicate. People are popping up and more and more interesting conversations are. And the reality is getting a little bit clearer in regards of some people know that there's just nothing they can do right now. Some people know that they can do a little bit right now. Almost everyone's hoping that they're going to be able to reopen and try and understand what that means. And we've just been listening and leaning into those conversations and, and adapting our product and our ability to help just like, where can we help most? And, and that's kind of where we landed on as well, focusing primarily on helping as many restaurants and restaurant groups kind of prepare for the day after and the long slog afterwards. So it's been an interesting transition from being out in the field, talking to people, showing them stuff, looking at their stuff. Like I said, it's very tangible. You go out, you sit at a restaurant. You, you, it's one of the most fun things is you can actually consume your customer's product. You sit at the bar, you have a bite to eat, you know, you talk to them, you, you get their spirit, you feel their energy. And now it's much more flat. It's a lot more, you know, colder conversations. People are more worried, but at the same time, you, you can talk to a lot more people and they have more time to kind of look at the future, which to me has been a little bit, I mean, it, it's been very painful to watch what people have been going through, but at the same time, I'm, I remain very optimistic because for the first time, restaurants are very time consuming business. It's, and they're very labor short. There's never enough people. So people are working very, very hard. Even at the top ranks in those industries, they work very hard. Getting their time and attention is difficult. And suddenly they have time for themselves to evaluate where they want their business to go. And they have time to talk to other people like us and, and smarter people than us uh, about what that means and what that could be. So that has been actually a very interesting, positive and to me exciting change that we get to write a new chapter in restaurant business industry that that's just not a conversation we could have had a month ago where everyone's just like, what can you do for me next month? Because I don't have time to think about a year ahead. And now everyone's trying to understand what next year looks like. That's a pretty incredible uh, depiction of what's going on in the market. So I appreciate that. Um, my, final, my second to last question is, you know, you, you painted what the short-term future for restaurants are. You painted, you know, what your vision is for the whole industry and where you think it could go, where it is going. Now, finally, I'd love to hear what's the vision uh, for your company? You know, in 10 years, in 15 years, what products will you be building? Who you'll be serving? You know, what, what's, the, what's the big vision? Uh, so first and foremost, you know, it, it's, it's actually fun to think big vision again for a second, because we've been so focused on the weeks in front of us suddenly, but the biggest vision that we've always wanted to be is the hub of all restaurant and cus restaurant customer related information. As I was telling you earlier, the amount of data being generated at any restaurant has been growing more and more, especially digital data, right? How it, It's not just how many people go into your restaurant, how many people are coming to your website, how many of those convert, how long they're spending with their, your digital media, how many times a week they come. There's so much information and, and it gets augmented even further by third-party information, right? Like what, what are vendors selling right now? What's the weather going to be like? So the first thing is we really want to be the hub of all that information and we want to help every restaurant make sense of their data in that regard. And over the next 10 years, we really want to essentially be in almost every restaurant, including like mom and pop shops or coffee shop in Idaho should just be able to come to ignores.com, click sign up within a couple of clicks, be on board and be able to bring them value. And, and as a philosophy, even making that up to, you know, anyone who can't afford it should get it for free. 
And part of the goal there and our vision is to actually, if you think about it, we have a very unique perspective because we see when we look at a restaurant, we very quickly learn the ins and outs of there from the sales perspective, from a labor perspective, how many people are getting paid, what's their turnaround time, what the food that they make and at what rate they're making it. We, we ask things like what the rent and insurance rates they pay are because that has a very big impact on their profitability, which we help them manage. So if we can get to hundreds of thousands of restaurants over the next five, 10 years, we're gonna have a, a visibility that's just unparalleled and it's gonna enable us to empower not just restaurants by bringing up to the top, here are the models that work and being able to tell any, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a coffee shop in Idaho or a three Michelin star uh, restaurant in Napa Valley and tell them, here's the thing that's gonna change in the industry. Here's what people are enjoying. Here's, you know, now is the time to, to make something new with, you know, with shrimp dish because they're in season and you know, we're seeing people are talking about it in different countries and different places. So really kind of be a cat, not just a, an observer, but also a catalyst for how people build restaurants and build their restaurant product. Uh, and, and we really believe that we can, with all this information, we can impact beyond just restaurants. So restaurants affect everything from real estate to transportation. Um, being able to bring that information out and have you know real estate company be more mindful of what are the best kind of restaurants that are going to work in their neighborhood. What's the labor going to look like in their neighborhood? Imagine that actually knowing and being able to tell Uber, listen, here's how people are eating across the city on Fridays on you know the in the middle of April. Here's how you should prep your staff. So so we're definitely very eager to to make that digest information onward. And we're curious ourselves if in, if in 10 years, we can also expand this technology to, to other similar businesses, to, to hotels, to, to retail. Um, you know, I, I, I won't pretend that, that we have even a clue if that's gonna make sense in 10 years, but as the essence of understanding every aspect of your business and being able to segment it and adapt and customize it seems an almost universal need, uh, certainly in brick and mortar. So, so we're excited about being able to maybe bring that to other businesses as well. And to make that vision happen, it's going to take, you're going to need some help. You might need, obviously you'll need help from customers and restaurants, maybe some employees and investors. And, and lastly, you'll, you'll definitely need help from the forward thinking founders community, which leads me to my last question. Is there an ask that you have for the community? Uh, sorry, yeah. Is there an ask you have for the community or the listeners um, of something you might need help with to kind of push the needle, you know, closer to your vision? We'd love to hear to see if we can help. Oh, well, first of all, that's that's amazing, and and I think honestly, having gone through Y Combinator recently, there's nothing more powerful than that founder community. So I think it's it's wonderful that you're also building that and reaching out to that. I think for us, one of the one of the biggest challenges is kind of understanding how we can how we can reach the p i think it's a typical marketplace problem right like there are people we know we can help but we don't know where they are there are people who could use our help and they don't know that we exist and we didn't invent this problem this you know almost every startup has this problem so first and foremost anyone who you know lots of great people and lots of great founders have worked uh, in some way or another in restaurant related industries we'd love to hear from anyone who's had this experience and and has ideas how we can reach people more easily and how we can help them out and you know we're also always really happy to hear what we're doing you know is not it's unique to the restaurant industry but it's not a unique you know the adapting data and ai to solve verticalized problems 
is something that's being done by lots of great founders and lots of different great verticals. So we'd also love to hear any founder who has gone into a vertical and had to make sense of a lot of different data and help educate and, and move their industry forward. We'd love to hear those experiences and kind of learn from them and, and even share our experiences as well on on how to make that transition as easy as possible and as successful as possible. Because, you know, as, as, as founders, you're, the one thing you never have enough of is time. So it's, it's always wonderful to learn from similar experiences that other founders have had. All right. Well, you all heard it here, how you can help. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Really unique, really unique vertical. Like I know a lot of people are working in this industry, but I'm not the most familiar with it. So I appreciate you giving me the lowdown on, on, on it and the lowdown for the future. And just, you know, thanks again for coming on and best of luck, you know, making your vision happen in the future. Thanks so much for having me, man. And keep, keep up the great work. We'll be listening. Okay. Thank you everyone for tuning into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And luckily there's another one coming up real soon. But before then, I have a couple things to tell you. First, if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart, hit me up on Twitter. I am at Matt underscore Sherman, and that is Matt with one T. So hit me up, shoot me a DM, and I'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod. But at the very least, I'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup. Lastly, if you can please rate this podcast in the iTunes store. That would be awesome. I'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders. And the only way to do that, or one of the ways to do that, is growing with rankings. So if you like what you're listening to, please just go onto the iTunes store, give it five stars or four, you know, or three. I'm not going to tell you what to give, but just tell whatever I deserve, you should rate that. With that, I'm signing off. See you next time. Bye.